0: Welcome and Happy New Year. This is Jamie. And this is Donna. And this is episode number 39 of the Circus 71 podcast for the week of January 5th, 2021. Coming up on today's show, Rock and Roller Coaster, yet to open this year. Robots invade the Walt Disney World golf courses. Ride capacity increased at Flight of Passage. And in our main segment, we rank attractions at Disney's Hollywood Studios. This is the Circa 71 podcast. Special shout out to new listeners, Adam and Cecily. Adam and Cecily are meteorologists based out of the Philadelphia region. I'm told they've recently conducted small-scale experiments with a recreated World Showcase Lagoon and Harmonious Barges from Epcot. The duo wanted to answer the question of how much the humidity would increase during the summer when the harmongous barges were being used as fountains. In the experiment, Adam and Cecily discovered the barges increased humidity an astounding 3.6%, resulting in an increased real field temperature of an extra 8.4 degrees during the summer. It's amazing to think, Donna, that so many were so concerned about being roasted in the Skyliner gondola cabins. Thanks to Adam and Cecily for the experiment, and we only have about seven months left to see if the experiment translates to large scale. True story, Donna. Harmongous, harmonious, something barges, right? Exactly. All right, Donna, right into the news, our very first housekeeping of 2021. Um, Speaking of 2021, it has not been a happy new year. I know you like that (laughs) segue for Rockin' Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith at Disney's Hollywood Studios. This attraction, as of this afternoon, as we record this on January 3rd, has not um opened in calendar 2021 uh new year's day uh it was down for technical difficulties repeated that process on january 2nd and as of at least noon today um had not opened yet so what is going on there at uh rock and roller coaster
1: i'm well this is sheer speculation but since you asked me and since it's our show here it goes <laughs> I wonder if, because I have not been on Rockin' in forever. I wonder if they're installing some of those partitions similar to like what they have over at Slinky Dog Dash, so that way they can't start loading every row there.
0: Um although I don't I don't imagine that could take three days though. No, and I don't think they had already, I I believe, were already loading every row oh, okay. on Rockin' okay. um because they had said it was um how did they phrase it? It was weird. If the roller coaster has a high uh, headrest, then the partitions are not going to be needed. So that's why on like Expedition Everest, they're loading every row. Um, slinky Dog. Slinky. Same thing. Yeah. yeah um, so I think it's just technical difficulties. I think they're just having issues for whatever reason, getting it going. Jeez. Well done, Disney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so from there we actually have some.
1: Kind of neat news, especially being the golf fanatic that you are, and that my husband is. Um, I know that you know this one's going to be the exciting news uh, story of the week for you guys. Robo carts arrive at Walt Disney World golf courses. These suckers are—I'm I, I, going to say adorable—and Jamie's going to roll his eyes because golf, uh, golf-related things should not be adorable, but it, they are. They're adorable. Um, they will carry your clubs for you and follow you around the golf course like a very well-trained puppy. Uh, all you have to do is click on a little gps transmitter that you put on your belt you stop walking cart stops rolling Uh, maximum speed of seven miles per hour Uh, there have been no incidents so far with the carts falling off a bridge or into any of the many waterways on the properties but they do of course recommend to folks to please be careful in those areas um and perhaps the most interesting thing for me, at least, is they are only charging $10 for these. Um, So you'll pay your your green space. So if you're doing the nine-hole walking course at Oak Trail, which we've done more times than I can count, usually the push carts, I do believe, were $5 to rent. So you figure for $5 more, you get this cool robot following you. And they're also available at the 18-hole Palm and Magnolia courses. So for folks that want to
0: walk the distance without having to actually do manual labor, they can get a Robocard. Well, and you know what else is really cool about these don i I mean the gps and the fact that the robot follows you as if that's not cool enough um also on board is a little mini cooler so you can store any sort of drinks it has two usb charging ports um for your phone and it also has a color gps screen that gives you the same uh, yardage information for how far away you are um, from any hazards bunkers or or the hole so um, I thought that was pretty cool. I wonder how it knows to not follow you onto the green you know what that 's a good uh, good question that i don 't know. I did see somebody um, do the a vlog on this uh, recently, and it didn 't um, didn 't intend to follow them. Um, Say, I'm not, I'm never on the green for it to follow me on. <laughs>
1: he said she doesn't have to worry about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. I see, I it would have to worry about the you know the water hazards and and you know bunkers, you know, so oh. hopefully. Um, but I do think that it, um, it, it may actually measure how far, um, and the speed that you're actually walking. Um, so it knows whether you're walking or whether you're standing still because if you're standing still, so does the robot um, from what I've seen, so I don't know if it actually follows you onto um, the green. I think it does keep some sort of a buffer distance wise between the receiver um, and the uh, the actual robot and if there's a the the screen on the robot d- is displaying the yardage information, it actually may know. Where the green right. actually is, Um, so and then it follows you around the green when you're done putting. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: Here, baggy, <So>. baggy, baggy. <laughs> it, it's. Uh, I gotta say, it's, it's pretty cool, and, and I think the the ten dollar rental is is relatively reasonable for everything that you get. Yeah, I don't think that's god awful, truthfully. So no, I definitely uh, definitely agree with that. So cool story. Thanks. Um, moving on to something less cool, <laughs> um, <laughs> no the uh, previously complimentary Magic Bands, um, starting, we had announced this a while back, um, starting in 2021 were no longer complimentary and included with your resort stay, um, but you can still order them on My Disney Experience on uh website. Um, I don't think you can do this through the app. It, it takes you to a, um, a mobile website. Um, since they were uh, phased out as freebies, um, and you will now pay five dollars if you would like the previous standard um, ones that were included complimentary. They still do have the premium options as well. Um, if you were to buy, if you were to buy these in the park, um, you would charge they would charge $15 so you do get a a $10 um discount which for $5 i didn't i don't think it's outrageously priced i think
1: the biggest thing for me jamie is how cheap can you get it's not like their resort stays are getting less expensive it's not like their ticket costs are getting less expensive It's just continuing to go up. I mean, you and I have talked so many times about, you know, the perks of of being a DVC member, um, things like Moonlight Moonlight Magic and, you know, how could they take that away when they've given it, um, you know, because that's. That's something that's hard to take away once it's been given. I feel that way about these these complimentary magic bands. You and I talked um, before we started recording here tonight, and I gave the example of, you know, what I said to Jane, what do you think these cost? And he kind of hemmed and hawed because there is good tech in there. And we settled on, Jamie and I were comfortable
0: with saying a dollar. Is that right? I, I, will, I will say, I don't think it's anything less than that. Based on the tech, it would not surprise me if Disney was selling them at cost, if it was as expensive as five dollars, um, I don't think they have they're to necessarily. Ship them. What's so that? they'd still
1: be. They said they have to ship them, so they're not because they still would have to break even on the shipping.
0: Or they could just be looking at cutting costs. They don't necessarily have to make money on them, um, but I, I, I don't think it's. I mean, they're certainly not selling them at a significant loss, if that. But. Um, I don't think it's anything less than a dollar would be my prediction. So my
1: argument becomes a family of four is staying at the least expensive option on property, one of the all-star resorts. It's still over a hundred dollars, even with a good discounted rate. If, if I am right that they're a dollar each, Disney loses $4 plus shipping to send these complimentary bands to families. If shipping's the big hang-up, because we all know from mailing stuff around the holidays, shipping is expensive these days. I said to Jamie, hold them for the resort. You can have some kind of contactless pickup where you you touch you know, your, your phone to a, a touch point and a locker door opens and in are your magic bands and you take them and you walk away. You don't even have to deal with, with cast members. There are just so many different things Disney could do here besides taking something away and then saying, oh, but if you want them, you can still get them ahead of time for only $5 each. That just... That burns my britches. If they were gonna take them away, sell them in the park, sell them online, but don't have the same process we're used to being for free.
0: No, and and everything you you said is valid. Um, just as a counterpoint, just to say it and throw it out there, you know, I think you could also make the case of if somebody's spending, let's say, two grand on a week long vacation, you know, staying at whatever All Star Music or you know, $2,500 of their pop, whatever the case may be. Is a family of four really going to hem and haul over 20 bucks worth of Magic Bands? Probably not. Um, so, th- you know, that is kind of a, a somewhat of a counterpoint. Um, the, the bigger thing that I find incredibly cheap is kind of the the second half of this story, um, where you, usually um, with the Magic Bands, you also got complimentary Souvenir luggage tags um and we use the term complimentary loosely because you're paying for the resort (laughs) stay um but um it was packaged within the the magic bands with the magical extras um book and of course jamie that was only with full
1: packages that wasn't with room only those magical extras you're talking about the luggage tags and things like that nod Mm. your head the answer to that is correct but you could still get Magic Bands with a room only, correct? Correct, but you don't get the luggage tag. Oh, oh the
0: okay. You're right. Sorry. Smile uh, and Yep, I got what you were saying. <laughs> um, so, nevertheless, that's all in the past, since luggage tags will no longer be mailed ahead of time to the guest residence. However, you can still pick up the Walt Disney Travel Company Magical Extras and souvenir luggage tags at the front desk any time during your stay. Yes, this is during the era where they are sending push notifications out the wazoo saying, use online check-in, avoid your trips to the front desk. Not two statements that are congruent um, with each other. This comes off as so cost-cutting cheap, it sickens me. You could send it in an envelope for 46 cents or however much a stamp costs now. It's just, this is a bad look. Um you know for for disney it's just I, i'm not a fan of this
1: i and i said this to you when the story first broke i wonder if a partnership has faded between them and american Tourister because think about those the last um travel document we always get sent via email the one that is kind of pointless and we never really send clients because they already have that information at the bottom of it it, it usually has like a 10 percent off coupon for american right. Tourister luggage
0: yeah you, you know that that could be part of it um too. But hey, you know what? Uh, I, I was reading a, a something separate about airline travel, and I think it was United Airlines uh, today said that they weren't going to include um, the, the little stick that you get in um, cocktails. Um, and they said by cutting that out, they were going to save $80,000 a year. So maybe it is more of a significant cost than, than we would come to realize, but still, this is the Disney company. And and if you have to roll in the cost of a magic band into the resort stay, so it says complimentary, do that. It looks less tacky. Wholeheartedly agree because I don't think that folks necessarily,
1: there, there wouldn't have been as much in my mind, at least notice or complaints over a resort stay being five dollars more per night or even heck if it turns out that the family's doing a one night stay then the computer i mean they can program this all in as you well know it can be twenty dollars more for that night if you're four people and i don't think that that would have gotten as much notice as hey we're doing away with these complimentary
0: magic bands you know what I, and i just came came up with something you've already offered them complimentary you're hurting for numbers yeah we're in the middle of a pandemic i get that what if you said if you have a deposit made six months before you're scheduled to stay, we include them for free. Yep. So, something like that to incentivize, you know, numbers and things like that. You can still keep your cancellation policies and everything like that, but you know, gives you more data as to who might be there. So, yep. anyways, you have the next story. I do. So
1: this story is one that when it broke you sent the picture? I was like, what in the world is this nonsense? So folks, the the best way I can describe this image to you that starts off the story about Tron light cycle coaster at Magic Kingdom is it looks as though the roller coaster track ceases to exist upon entering the show building or I guess the opposite would be true that it would be a wall when you try to exit the show building. There's no longer a gap of any sort there and it just... It looks really strange.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw some pictures on, on uh, Twitter that uh, people were joking that that's where the clown's mouth is going to go from the boardwalk. Oh walk dear to- God! <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, this—the uh, only reason this is um, that they sealed this off, this where you enter the building—is um, that the rumors are true that this, as soon as they get the can- outside canopy built construction's getting shut down on Tron. Um, I heard latest projections at this point is going to be 2022, um, that it will not open for the 50th um, anniversary of Magic Kingdom, the actual day. Um, But it got kicked to opening next year, and I I think this just all out confirms it.
1: Yeah, I mean, the reason, of course, would be to keep weather out, keep creatures out, keep whatever out and sealing off the the previously very wide open space is going to do that. Uh, so this story essentially is, is stating what Jamie just said, that they are going to finish the outdoor construction on what they're calling the lighted canopy, which just it's ugly, Jamie. I mean, there's there's no other way to put it i don't think it's attractive looking um i'm curious to see what it looks like when it is totally done but for now it's it's a bit of an eyesore when you're sitting you know at your favorite quick service restaurant which of course is cosmic ray starlight cafe mm-hmm. and you see it in the background or even when you're in line for like barnstormer or something like that and in the future when when people mover comes back
0: up you know it's, it's just ick. yeah which rumor by the way about people mover I heard it may possibly be January 10th so we'll see. Oh my
1: gosh, I'd be so happy. <laughs> we are
0: we will be there tomorrow so not quite the 10th but
1: maybe we'll be able to see some action.
0: Yeah. So hopefully this it's I'm not a fan of the 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 gravity building or you know the show building. I, I really do hope it gets um blocked and and kind of obscured with the, the canopy, which I will say from, from videos from Shanghai, the canopy looks awesome, especially at night. Very cool. Um, but as far as the actual show building, I, I mean, it's between this and, uh, that should have made our, uh, our stupid Judy awards, this and the, uh, the one over at Epcot for cosmic rewinds as, as being ugly. That building and. At- that building's a monstrosity, it's just so big. This one for Tron, at least, doesn't it's not as gigantic, yeah? And the canopy may obscure it depending on your angle. So, we uh, we shall see. Um, moving on, removed from Disney's Animal Kingdom Park maps, Festival of the Lion King and Finding Nemo, um, the musical. Both have not opened um, since the pandemic with um, mass layoffs, um, particularly for the um, equity actors. These are equity actors that are involved in this stage show, uh, stage shows, excuse me, um, and not um, listed as attractions even more um, on the um, park maps. So kind of sad to see. Um, You know, we're hoping that we as we inch more towards more and more things opening that um, some of these uh, shows start to reopen and the equity actors um, get, uh, you know, jobs back and and get back to work. Um, Also removed were Rivers of Light and uh, Primeval World.
1: Yeah. This one hurts. And I know that they can reprint the maps. And I know that they do reprint the maps as different events come into, come into play and things like that. But uh seeing them not at all recognized on the park maps it it hurts it stings these are well you know my thoughts on nemo but you know i love festival of the lion king
0: so it's a shame yeah no i agree on that happy note <laughs> that, that's all I, have. <laughs> I guess that was it go ahead take us to our last story for today. <laughs>
1: so avatar flight of passage is now seating every single link chair at disney's animal kingdom Uh, so we have been talking about the past few weeks we have seen um both myself firsthand and stories we've read we've seen the different attractions are now loading every row or every seat um So they are uh, continuing to do so uh, with most recently Avatar Flight of Passage. And for those folks who have not had the opportunity to experience that attraction, I would estimate that each ride vehicle is probably only about four feet apart. I would think if I outstretched my arm all the way and Andrew outstretches all the way, I would think we'd be able to touch one another.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I would say it was potentially even less than that, but four four feet sounds reasonable.
1: Yeah. So um, there there are, again, I mean, Jamie and I have talked about it over and over again. They are finding ways to uh, increase capacity. Of course, the flip side of that coin is um, Florida just had the highest day on record for positive COVID-19 test results and Orange County here, um, you know, where Walt Disney World is located, uh, we're, we're leading the way a couple of these days, which is a scary thought. So uh, again, I will say it. I've said it in the past. I will say it again in the future. I have to continue to put my trust that Disney is doing what is right for us um, as guests. But I would be lying if I didn't say it, it does make me a little bit nervous.
0: Yeah, I, I can, and I can definitely see that. I, I also see the other side of, of needing to boost capacity um, as, as they're trying to increase park capacity, opening up more jobs and, and sort of the economic side of things. The other thing that I, I I don't necessarily have a problem with this, it does make me a little more nervous, um, you know, full disclosure, disclosure for sure. Um, but I, I've also done, as I've kind of alluded to, a lot of reading on, um, you know, exposure and, and things like that. And the Mayo Clinic actually did a study, and they said that if both parties are masked, you can be within one foot of distance with somebody else. And there's actually a less than 0.5% chance of exposure if both parties are properly masked, even within one foot. Um, of distance. And that actually, that number's the same for one foot, three foot, and six foot. Um, with that being said, that is obviously still predicated on all parties properly being masked. Um, It would make me literally sick to my stomach. I mean, what <laughs> passage does that anyways, but if I turn around <laughs> and look to my left and somebody has their you know has as their mask jock strap around their chin um so that's a big kind of risk, and something that if if people are going to the park have to kind of weigh out um but if there's proper mask usage, the relative risk is is, is relatively small.
1: I think it was two weeks ago, Jamie, it might be three now that we talked about how Disney's using this really strong language and these reminders and these signs, if you're not wearing your mask, you will be asked to leave, but how they're not really practicing what they're preaching. You know, the example that I gave about the woman who was inside of an eight minute Disney Junior show that she was told by two different cast members that she had to put her mask on. I mean, if you have to tell someone twice, two different cast members within eight minutes, that's being asked to leave. That's your choosing not to wear the mask and you know you're not following the rules so my concern is that disney's continuing to use this strong verbiage they they are doing a good job from everything i've noticed of policing it in in open areas and walking around um but still every time that you're on you know big thunder you see a family a couple seats in front of you let me wear it as you said on as a chin strap and then when we're pulling back to the station let me pull it back up so until they really are firm and actually start kicking people out and people start hearing about these people who were asked to leave. I don't know that it's going to be as safe as I'd like it to be. Right.
0: No. And like I said, it's all predicated on, on guest behavior. Um, and if, if people aren't, which by the way, I, I have to send you um, an image I saw on on Twitter of, of somebody who was not a fan of, of protocols on new year's Eve. And he wrote this, Karen-type email or uh, post on Facebook. It's hilarious to read. Um, but it's all predicated on, on proper guest behavior. So um, if if that continues, for the most part, where people are being masked appropriately, I think Disney can safely boost ride capacity, get some of those wait times down. And another way to get wait times down at Flight of Passage is to get Finding Nemo the Musical and Festival of the Lion King reopened. A hundred percent. So, We shall see. But with that, let's take a quick break. And we're going to be back with our main segment where we um, continue our ranking series. And this time we're going to start off with Disney's Hollywood Studios. And we are back. Continuing our series on ranking attractions, we move over to Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, We're going to get through at least two sections um, of the park today. We're going to start at Hollywood Boulevard and then move over to attractions on uh, or around, not necessarily on (laughs) uh, Echo Lake. Um, So starting down the main street um, version of in Hollywood Studios is Hollywood Boulevard, which only has one attraction and it is a new one. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Donna. Thoughts. Okay. So
1: I can't rank Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway without mentioning the great movie ride. I know it's not fair. I know it finished its run in August of twenty seventeen. I have adorable, adorable, adorable pictures of Anthony wearing like the little noise canceling headphones and a little pacifier as well. (laughs) forget the cast number, the the Mugsy, the 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 guy coming on and saying, oh, all he needs is something to cover his eyes. Everything else is covered. And like, you know, teasing him because we were sitting right behind that guy. And Anthony just looking around, you know, he didn't freak out at all. I was so worried he would. Just looking around, eyes big at everything. He thought it was so cool. So I know it's been closed for a long time now. But when I look at that show building, when I look at um, Groman's Chinese Theater and, and everything there, I, I see great movie ride i honestly wish and i know why they didn't do it but i honestly wish they had rethemed the whole thing and it looked nothing like the old great movie ride because i think there's just too many memories there of oh what this used to be so now all of that said ranking that particular attraction it's cool the technology is really cool that it's a trackless system it's a really smooth ride. Although I'll tell you, my mom did it once and she was like, okay, cool. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> so she's not, she thinks it's still a little too jerky. Um, I like that, you know, you can enjoy it from, you know, handheld infant to grandpa riding it. Um <laughs> Anthony loves it. We always waited, even if it was an hour long wait. We always waited for it, and you know, it was one of our top attractions of 2020 when we t- when we went through our, our spreadsheet and counted things. It's definitely not my favorite. I don't love the new style animation personally. Um, so so therefore, I don't really love it because of that. I do like the this, this, the little song. That thing can stop us now is so freaking catchy. I I hum it like hours later. Like, damn it! I'm, oops, done it. <laughs> Uh, singing that that silly song again (laughs) so it's definitely catchy it's just it's not great movie ride and it's not you know this major headliner you know starring mickey and minnie attraction that i wanted it to be so therefore
0: i'll go seven okay um i don't disagree with really a a lot of of what you said I, i i think it's fair Maybe not fair. I think it's reasonable to compare Great Movie Ride to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway because it replaced the thesis of traction of that park. Um, and in Disney World, it's that had to be done, in my opinion. You know, we have the blessing of size. Disneyland for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway are losing a gift shop. Right. We lost the thesis attraction of an entire park. You know, I, I think they could have expanded and, you know, knocked down Star Wars Launch Bay or, you know, whatever that is becoming at this point. Um, and hopefully there's an expansion thought process there. That, But the, the great movie ride was a great, no pun intended, attraction. Um, I probably would have given that a 7. Um, I you would have am...
1: movie a 7?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, a, so I would have gone higher for that obviously. 7... I, I don't
0: know if I would have gone 8. I, I think that's a little... I, I mean, I if we were doing points, I, I could go 7.5. Um <laughs> But it was a good attraction. It was lengthy. Um, you know, there, there was a lot of different elements and and show scenes. I will never forget. Um, one time we stopped in the cowboy scene where Mm. where the, the, you have the bank robbers or or whatever it was. (laughs) And Val turned to me and she goes, why are we stopping? What's going on? She had never been in the cowboy scene before. (laughs) So I had to explain their, you know, kind of the track layout and how it worked, because she had always seen the the Muggsy scene. Um, So I also am not a fan of of the animation style. I I, I think... Mickey looks like he's, he's on some sort of drug. (laughs) I mean, there's no (laughs) other way to say it. I I mean, he he looks like he he was doing some white powder or something. Um, I I expect Goofy looks even worse. I I just don't like that style. I do agree (laughs) that the, um, nothing can stop us now is catchy. Um, and this is all, I should also preface this, this is all from what I've watched with videos. I have not actually experienced this in person. Um, so the tractors ride technology, I think, looks cool from from things that I've seen. Um, I've heard, you know, depending on where you are on the train, you know, you might get a better view. You might miss some show scenes, you know, and elements and things like that. So i, I that gets the sore in... Um, mark of you know you have to be in uh the second uh b2 or or whatever that is that row um so that's a knock against it like i said from what i i've heard um it is a ride starring mickey so i think that's that's kind of cool as well i'm gonna give it a six without seeing it all right fair enough So that's where I'll go. And that is the only attraction on Hollywood Boulevard. Yay! (laughs) So um, let's move over to Echo Lake where we have some attractions to talk about there. Um, And the first one up is Star Tours, the adventure, plural, (laughs) continue.
1: So, okay. Both Jamie and I have shared before on the podcast that we both suffer from from motion sickness so please understand that this is a true motion simulator and it's a 3d one at that so you get in a row you're already sweating because you're thinking oh crap i'm not going to feel good then they put you in this tight little thing However many of your closest friends, and they are, they do have partitions in there, similar to the and partitions. Uh, we actually did this less than a month ago because Anthony really wanted to try it. And I, honest to God, I told Jamie, I almost ripped my ass off and like puked because it was, it was that bad. But that said, Jamie, the ride is cool. I don't like it because I get motion sickness, But the idea of so many different variations and getting to see and experience a different experience almost every time you ride it that's really stinking cool the fact that they have updated it and they include characters like ray and finn and the characters from the newer movies is really cool while still having you know r2d2 and c3po um you know manning the the cockpit it, it's cool it's just not something i like
0: yeah, I agree. I try and be objective with this. I, I hate this attraction. <laughs> I really, really do. I, 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 that motion simulator technology is so like eight late eighties, early nineties to me. It, it was really the first type of attraction that I felt some sort of motion like, Ugh, I don't like this on, on any type of ride system. Um, and it's it's been so long since I've been on that that I forgot it was 3D. <laughs> when you when you said that, I'm like, oh yeah, it is, isn't it? I'll toss that in there as well. <laughs> um, so for me, it's cool if you like it. I guess I I, uh, I have to give it a four because there's so many other things I would rather do than this. This is when it gets so hard. I know it goes back to, yeah, it's our show.
1: So we can write <laughs> it how we want to. But honestly, like, it's cool. I have good friends and clients, um, Amy Dustin. Hi, shout out to Amy Dustin because I know they listen, um, who were here not that long ago. And Amy shared with me that they did this attraction multiple times because everyone in the family enjoyed it, whereas there were different things. Even um, they, they did a Rise, and they thought that was a little bit more intense Um, so they actually enjoy this a little bit more than Rise and they thought it was cool that there were you know the the different scenes and the different experiences so this one's really really hard because for me I'm never doing it again I'm putting my foot down I am done I did it the first time Anthony wanted to ride it I'm not doing it again forget about it I'll see you in the gift shop so for me it would be like a two but I think I have to be fair and for this space that it takes which is not much in that little corner of the park (laughs) And for the fact that it's usually a fairly quick line, I think it's pretty good. I I, I got to give it a six.
0: Okay. I, I would like to see it bulldozed and replaced with the indie ride from Disneyland. Dino. Yeah, Dino. If you want. No, but that's that's it's the same ride. It is. Doesn't mean we can't have it. We how many roller coasters do we have? fair all right so from there we go to the vacation fun short you skipped our add-on are you gonna do
1: Olaf next I put Olaf yeah. at the bottom of the list but hey, whatever makes whatever floats your boat oh, Jane.
0: okay yeah let's do Olaf
1: because that'll all be right.
0: short and sweet
1: this is a really cute meet and greet it's your traditional meet and greet you wait in a line that's not very exciting um actually it's not exciting at all between the outside queue back and forth back and forth back and forth and then as you go in you're literally in like little hallways with mildly interesting looking lights but nothing at all themed Uh, and then you meet all off and take a couple pictures and head out anthony loves it he's missed it since obviously it's not open during uh covid times um it's cute but as far as talking about like you know the dis the normal Disney package of like oh there's a theme or the queue is interesting or whatever that's seriously lacking. So I, I gotta give
0: this one like a four. Oh okay, I didn't think you were going that. I, I- you're a hundred percent right with the um the queue. With that being said, it-, it I've never when recently when it was open and I've seen it. I've never really seen it line all that significant so the weight's not usually awful for the most part from from what i've seen um i I think olaf is is very um interactive he's one of i think my favorite disney characters i love olaf um the um summer scene just is just (laughs) like from the song um that they have set up Always had a good picture with him. Um, I'm going to give it a six. I I think it's a good meet and greet. Fair enough. Um, So let's go ahead to the Vacation Fun, which I actually have to read what the description is. An original animated short (laughs) with Mickey and Minnie. And this opened up pretty much alongside Runaway Railway. So I had not experienced it until we were in
1: line for Mickey Mini running railway and the customer's was walking around saying, Hey, we're having technical issues. And Anthony threw a fit because he was tired and he really wanted to do Mickey and Run, Run-, Run Away w- Railway. And the cast member, to her credit, said, oh, buddy, don't be sad. If you want to go see Mickey and Minnie, I can tell you where you can go see them. And he perked up immediately. And she said, go tell mommy and daddy, take you right down here. And, you know, there's a really, really cute movie with Mickey and Minnie. You're really going to like it. So, of course, you know, Anthony wants to go see that. So he went and saw it. And it's that that animation again that I I shared, I really don't care for. Um, You know, that, that animation style. I will tell you the theater itself, Jamie, is adorable. Have you seen pictures of the theater? I have so stinking cute. So instead of being like a traditional chair, instead of looking like that, they all look like they're Mickey's, like Mickey, the back of Mickey head and like the buttons for um, his his shirt and, and the red pants and things like that. And then when it dumps you out after the short, there's like different scenes from throughout the short where you can take your picture with different things. Uh, so that's cool. I just, I don't love the animation for me. It's Anthony wants to do it. Anthony enjoys it. It's 10 minutes of my life and let me sit in the air conditioning.
0: Yeah, I, I have not seen this. Um, the last time I was in it, in that area, I don't think it was... It was something after Sounds Dangerous, maybe something for Star Wars. Um, and, and all I could remember was how bad it smelled. Like, it <laughs> reeked of mold is all I could nice remember from that um, area. So I'm not going to put in a vote um, j- just because I... I I don't know what the, the movie is. I could probably ballpark it and say it would be a five for air conditioning in a quick movie, but I just don't know.
1: No. See, this goes back to, like, you were saying, my, me personally, you were saying that you'd want to see them bulldoze Star Wars and put something else. If you're going to put original content, make it cute. Don't make it that stupid animation style. And this the story itself could be really cute, and the ending is super cute because they end up you know, in Florida at the Magic Kingdom and they realize that they forgot Pluto, so they, they get them a postage stamp to get it. Whatever. That's kind of kinda odd. Um, but throughout it, it's just it's an odd storyline, Jamie. If you have the opportunity, I don't know if there's any clips online, but I'm actually curious to hear your thoughts. I just I don't think it's their best effort and it's a shame because it looks like it's gonna be semi permanent. It doesn't look like it's something that they did just as a band aid.
0: Right. So no,
1: I, I'll take a look. I give this one. I give this one less than Olaf. I give it a three. Wow.
0: Okay. And you said what? I'm sorry. Um, I mean, if it's that bad, I'll go uh, four. I think I originally said five, but okay, I'll move it to a four. <laughs> so following that is actually one of my favorite things, and I know it's one of yours too. Uh, the Frozen sing along. Yeah, this is awesome. It's such a good show. Um, I'm glad. Um, that they moved it to this theater when American Idol um, uh, cl- closed, I guess. For um, this attraction, um, it's it, so many shows uh, during the day too. I want to say they run like seven Sourly. or eight. Yes. Yeah, it, it's it's really well done. Um, obviously, the music is iconic. I have said it on the the show the last several weeks. Love the holiday overlay that they do and in incorporating the songs from um, Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Um, it, it's so cute. It's so well done. Projectors, the, the snope, um, you know, a- everything about this show is, is to me just a home run for, for a show. Yeah, and since it reopens, we've only seen it once. The the
1: day that it reopened, we were there for Anthony's birthday. It was October 5th. It was the day before his birthday. And we went to the very first show that they did. Since then, every single time we've walked by, and granted, we've only been there in the afternoon and evenings, every single show we've walked by has been jammed, and people are literally turned away from, let's say, the 4.45 show, and they
0: wait until the 5.45. Yeah, it, this is still so, so popular. Um, I'm going to, it's always hard because if I score two things in eight, I always have that internal conflict with myself of, <laughs> well, which one would you rather spend time doing? Um, so I, I'm going to give it for the show that it is. I'm going to say um, an eight. It's really done, well done. And I would, if you're at Hollywood Studios, this is, I think, on I can't miss list.
1: I totally agree. Yeah, I think this is an eight for sure. Uh, it's definitely, um, it's, it's not only a great show, it's a great experience. As a parent, getting to see your kid, get so excited from, from the snow, get so excited, you know, singing songs or hearing songs that they know and seeing their favorite characters. As an adult, the, the little comments that the actors make, to make adults crack up it's always a fun time i always enjoy it and um i'm so glad that that, that it's open and i'm glad that my friends and my clients will be able to experience this and that we will be able to, to do it again soon too no i totally agree all right that brings us to envy which i think we're gonna have different thoughts on because i don't
0: think you're a huge fan are you i i haven't done it in a while because. Every time I've seen it, the show was exactly the same. Um, so I, I think from my perspective of, of you know, an annual pass holder, somebody who's been in the parks a lot, it, it doesn't retain its value, I think. Um, maybe if they add new stuff when when the new indie movie comes out, um, maybe, you know, I'd certainly go see it um i think some of the pyro that they have is really cool um i i also really think that it, the show has long periods of nothing happening other than you know you're in this giant essentially amphitheater and you have the host or 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 whoever talking to the crowd as they're moving the giant set pieces um which is the the behind-the-scenes elements of Hollywood Studios they're trying to get away from um, at the same time as opposed to what is now of living your own adventure or whatever. (laughs) Um, So for somebody that is an indie fan, has never seen the show before, I think it's worth doing. I wouldn't put it on a can't-miss list. For me personally, at this point, I'd probably give it a five, and I think I'm being super, super generous. I'd would re- do it over Star Tours. <laughs> <laughs> a couple
1: thoughts. Indie is for me iconic Disney. So where you say it's the same experience every time, I go, yeah, it's because it's it's Indiana Jones' epic, sound spectacular. I get to see the scene where, uh you know, at the end, the the plane spinning around and shooting, and and Indie drops into the the hole, and he he gets the mechanic guy and it's so much fun. And whenever there's like an issue, whenever like the plane doesn't spin or the fire doesn't work, I know it because I know it's supposed to be there. Um, so that's always, always cool. Um, Anthony, the last time he did it, he really enjoyed it. I don't know how he'd feel about it now, but the last time we did it with him, he, he really, really liked it. Um, it's definitely one of my parents' favorite things to do. Uh, granted, my mom's not someone who rides rides, so shows are, are more her thing. Um, but it's, it's usually made our list of, of things to experience. Now, I have to be fair and say that in November we got the opportunity to see The Born Stuntacular at Universal Orlando. That show wiped its butt with Indy. And this is coming from someone who I like Indy. But that show, Jamie, it sparked my interest. And I had never seen a single born movie when we went to see The Born Stuntacular. It sparked my interest and Andrew's interest so much that we came home and we purchased the series on Amazon for like 20, I don't know, like 20 some bucks or something like that, like less than $5 a movie. And we watched all of them. We like gobbled them up because of how good the Bourne Centacular was and how engaging it was. And heard i good things about it. And I never felt the urge to watch the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, that,
0: that's, well, I think that also shows kind of the, the dated nature of this show um that that it's just not i mean i don't know if i would want it bulldozed for like the indie ride in in disney um in disneyland um i you know i, I think for a show it, it it's cool i i think it goes against the the theme of the park at this point um yeah it it's not something like i said i i can't remember the last time i actually would have gone to see it. I probably. Did you ever volunteer to be it. an extra? I t- we tried. We actually, as a true story. Um, was two, my sister was there for a softball tournament. We had the crowd chanting one of my dad's assistant coaches' names. He did not get picked to be in the show. I am shocked. We had I, I we had video of it. The crowd was chanting his name. Couldn't get it.
1: But yeah both maybe times that's why I, I
0: hate it so much
1: there you go both times i volunteered i got picked and once i was like 16 you have to be 18 but i clearly looked the part so both times i volunteered i got picked and one time um our friend john who you know well uh got picked and he got picked as the featured extra he did that scene mm. do you picture can you picture what i'm talking about yeah okay the the book you gave me you're like tada i got nothing (laughs) (laughs)
0: no no i just it's i guess i'm not a fan of the the extra scenes because i think they drag and i think they drag the show down um too much like there's too much that has to be set up as they're changing the scenes
1: fair enough and i get that because those are the parts in fairness where anthony gets a little antsy because there's not much
0: going on besides the talking or the, the extra death scene or, you know, whatever it might be. So what you're really saying is I I've the attention span of a five-year-old. I mean, we knew this. Oh, okay. I, didn't this think I was making through. an announcement about that. Oh,
1: got it. So this is where it gets hard for me. Because I don't... I obviously would do this much more frequently than I would do Star Tours. Because I told you I'm never doing Star Tours again. But I don't know that I can say that it's... The technology's there, because it's not. It hasn't updated in forever.
0: There's no Q value.
1: Right? All right, I go 5-2. You're right. I'm, I know, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Again, proving that you have the um, capacity <laughs> of my four-year-old son.
0: <laughs> A four-year-old, excuse me.
1: I mean, yeah. Do you want me to run the math on these? Sure. Maybe I won't mess up this time. Because, you know, last time we did this, I realized there had been an error like three episodes prior.
0: I guess you'll just sit sit here. I was just saying, you sit there and stare at me? (laughs) Not at all weird. Well, uh, you know what? How about I preview the next time um, that we uh, do this? Because it looks like we're running a little long for this episode. But I agree. Definitely want to check out um, the, the next time, next round in this series for Hollywood Studios. We'll be taking a look at some of, in my opinion, the best attractions on Walt Disney World property down Sunset Boulevard, um, as well as, I don't know, Donna, what do you think? Animation Courtyard, Grand Avenue? Animation Courtyard could be heavy because we have to add in a couple of attractions
1: that aren't currently on the map.
0: Oh, right. Like that Star Wars launch bay waste of space. Oh, awful. And I'm going to rip that into a hole when you compare that to um, Animation <laughs> Yeah, oh, that, that's very valid. So we we definitely will see. Maybe we'll do uh, Sunset Boulevard Animation Courtyard Grand Avenue. Um, hit those three sections of the park and then for the final installment of the series we'll stay, save uh, Galaxy's Edge and uh, Toy Story Land. Fair. So, our numbers, not usually surprising here. Uh, Hollywood Boulevard, again, only
1: had that one attraction. Only had Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway. Jamie gave a six. I gave a seven. So, 6.5 would be the average there. And then Echo Lake, the average comes in at 5.3.
0: 5.3. And the dog for that was probably Star Tours and. Our vacation fun. Vacation yep. fun. Interesting. I guess we'll, uh, see how that stacks up against the other lands at, uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios when we, uh, pick this up again in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. So next
1: week we are going to do another round of thumbs up, thumbs down. I get to torture Jamie, <laughs> which makes me quite happy. Uh, so I'll be getting to ask him a series of, uh, scenarios and he will, uh, tell us whether or not it's a thumbs up or thumbs down and I will tell him if he's right or wrong uh, but other than that I definitely enjoyed uh, this week's conversation this is definitely one of my favorite um, series that we've been doing these rankings and it's a good um, discussion topic so we hope you have a great week and uh, we'll see you real soon